0: Welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I am Ryan from ColdSploitation.com and I'm joined by my co host Martin. How's it going? Uh, we're doing pretty well. Um, we are actually, we talked about it, we're going to start the Red Hot Action Summer. We had talked uh, discussed earlier, you know, before this episode and the end of last episode, we decided that we're going to cover a Schwarzenegger film, very popular, um, spawned quite a few sequels and uh, books, comics, Predator, obviously we're talking about, and that made us think, you know, we're in the summer, nice and and warm, and what makes you think of summer? Explosions, man. Blockbusters. Blockbusters. Big time hits. So we decided that we're going to do a summer, an action summer we're starting that off with Predator, obviously. And we're going to move through uh, different action heroes throughout the 80s. You
1: know what we should do? We're not going to because it's going to be too much, especially with our bi-weekly schedule now. Yeah. Go through everyone that's in the Expendables and cover one of their films and then lead up to
0: Expendables. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Or, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) probably won't, but we could. We could do it
1: if we were getting paid for this. That's then, right. Then we could, you know, maybe yeah. Then, to-
0: then we might. Then we then we might subject ourselves to that, but but not right now. Yeah. Um. So I. I so we plan on doing that. I mean, we're going to do that for um the upcoming like probably through the months of June and July into August, and normally by September we're starting our Halloween uh season. So um I think we'll we'll we have a good slew of films that we plan on doing. And, um, you know, probably more to come as we announce different things, but expect an eighties action summer from blood and black run podcast. It's going to be great. and It is going to be fun. And to start things off, we're working with predator, the 1987 film that has spawned quite a few, um, comics and books as I, as I talked about. And what's interesting about predator is that, um, when it, when it released and during an actual movie. It does not have a lot of information about the character of Predator. Uh, it's pretty much known as a creature in that film. Uh, you do get some information about what Predator has at his disposal. You know, he's got claws, he's got laser beams, he's got explosive missiles that he shoots out. He can he can uh, create a gigantic bomb with his, um, his computer system. But other than that, you don't get a lot of the background lore. Well, no, you... if you
1: just were going in based off the off the movie poster, you'd think, "Oh, Predator, Schwarzenegger's out holding a gun
0: with a target over him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's the Predator. He's out to kill." Hmm. Yeah, you don't you don't get that much, and that was surprising to me because it's been a while since I've seen Predator. Um, I don't even remember the last time I watched it. Uh, it's probably you know 10, 15 years ago. And um, so this was kind of a, an experience for me because I was going in, not really uh, fresh to the movie, and I watched it with my wife, who is not an action film fan at all. Um, in fact, if it, if I say it has explosions in it, she's more turned off by the film than anything. Like, it, it's a very big... um you buried the wrong woman. That's right, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I guess I did, but um, she had never seen Predator, at least she hadn't you know seen it in full she had you know knew about it she's familiar with the character Um, but other than that she didn't really know what to expect so we watched it she hated it it. (laughs) um i think she said she would give it like a 2.5 out of five so five out of ten nice 50 percent um but i will say that i was surprised after watching it because um you know there's a lot going on within the Predator realm, and a lot of people love Predator. Um, I know fellow uh co-editor Michael is a really big fan of Predator. Um, he has like 60 different Predator action figure characters and basically is a hoarder for Predator stuff. Um, so it has a really big fan base. And I was kind of surprised when I came away from this film thinking, you know what? It's not that great of a movie, and I, I, I mean, we're, we're kind of putting that out. We're front loading that, um, that opinion on this episode, and so people are going to tune out immediately. me. And they're be like, "Fuck this, fuck this podcast." No, no,
1: no. They're going to st- stick around and be like, "Wait, what do you mean?"
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll, maybe they'll, uh, they'll not be happy with us, and they will, uh, you know.
1: I say to quote, uh, "Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained." You had my
0: interest. Now you get my curiosity. That's right. That's right. But you know, I have to say, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to be honest. I feel like Predator has gotten something of a like a cult film following, and it has, you know, because of its lore that has spawned off of the movie, it has become more of a popular franchise than the original film should have had you know like it sh- it shouldn't really i don't see the appeal um back in the 80s and i'm I, I don't really know the uh the whole you know uh summit of its popularity but i will say that i i do think that there was a good job done by like dark horse comics and uh some of the book series that came out kind of like with alien um where they did a lot of lore building that made this franchise more popular because of those book series and comics than the films really um, manage so that's probably going to be a little bit of a you know hot topic with this with this episode but I'm going to put that out there right now and I think you said it in a text to me as well you said underwhelmed by the film
1: yeah I haven't seen this film I've seen it a bunch of times probably like five times Mm-hmm. But it's been probably 15 years since the last time I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, mainly I watched it because uh, back when I was a kid um, at Jared Jones' house, like T2 and Predator were on constantly, so mm-hmm. I remember watching it at his house all the time. Um, as an action flick, it's not that, I wouldn't say it's awful, but it's not that like great and engaging with its action. Mm-hmm. And as a sci-fi sci-fi flick, it's okay. As like a slasher? Okay too. hmm Honestly, I think the things that hold this film up Schwarzenegger, really good. As Arnie can only be. <laughs> Carl Weathers, pretty good. Can't be, but pretty good. Yeah. And then uh the Predator itself. I think the idea of what this film is is now thirty-five plus years of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. is what, and the the zeitgeist that was spawned off of it is what holds it up. Because I kind of feel the same way, too, about, like, Aliens. When we, when we you know, did that a long time ago, like three years ago. I like Aliens. I don't think it's like this. I'd rather watch Alien. Right. Yep. the same thing, too, like Terminator. When we, when we talk about Terminator. Everyone loves T2, think it's so great. We prefer Terminator.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on your expectation of film and what you what you want out of film. So people who really like horror movies are probably going to gravitate to the Terminator. Whereas if you like more action, campy movies, then Terminator 2 is going to be the one that you want.
1: Yeah, same thing too, like Alien. You're going to go with, like, you know...
0: Yep, if you want more horror-related uh, atmosphere, then you're going to go with Alien. If you want more action, you're going to go with Aliens. Um, if you want a, a really ridiculous, terrible... Movie go with Alien Three, <laughs> um, and uh, same thing with Predator in a way. I mean, Predator Two. I, I feel like Predator and Predator Two kind of live in the same. Um,
1: I can't damn thing about Predator Two. Well, I, I want to say that pr-
0: you know both of them are very actioning, and Predator, like you said, is it a slasher movie? A little bit. I mean, it is at its core about. A creature stalking a group of people over the course of a hundred minutes. So yes,
1: it is, a it is
0: a slasher movie. Does it have the atmosphere of a slasher movie? Not really. You know, it doesn't really have the. We can
1: get into that, yeah, when we get into the film, right? I, I I, I guess when it comes down to it, because we have we have done quite a few '80s like action films, like Die Hard. When we did, you know, Die Hard every Christmas for mm. yep. for and a couple others. I think now the bar has been moved so far and high away, you know, from where these films are, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to appreciate them. For, like, on an action scale. Yeah. Because there's things that, like, this, and we'll talk about like, things that this film, I think, does action-wise that's cool, but when you compare it to something like Fury Road, you're just not gonna beat Fury Road. Right. If you're gonna compare it to Dread, not going to be dread because they, like, you know, are able to up the ante so much more Yeah, than what these films have to offer. So just from, like, an action standpoint, or, like, you know, what The Expendables became. Like, you know, if you like that 80s-style action, well, The Expendables did it 20 times over, because mm-hmm. it's 20 years later.
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, we um we definitely are seeing a lot of, you know, this just has a cult film following, and... I'm not going to say that it's a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. And this is John McTiernan's um film before his what I would call his opus, Die Hard. I mean, that is a a probably his best work. Um and this is Predator almost feels like a a dry run for Die Hard. A an action film where he was still trying to find his directorial footing. His um his pacing, his uh his politics his themes he was trying to find that with predator i don't know that it comes through as much as um you know what you would expect when you watch die Hard or you think of john McTiernan and his his films later on um and i think we'll you know we'll get into that more when we discuss the film i don't want to get too far into it right now but i will say that i just wanted to preface preface the intro with saying I think both of us came away from Predator having not seen it in a while as being a little bit underwhelmed with what we got and you know now that we can kind of look at it without rose covered glasses and see the the flaws inherent in the film um, we have some, some meat to talk about when we get into the, the full depth of the episode so some jokes on you
1: John. Uh, best film sir.
0: oh okay And he's uh, he's from Albany. Mm. Even better. Well, let's take a break from talking about Predator for a second. And let's talk about the beer that we have on the show. Because we have a unique beer today. Um, We've had this brewery on the show before. Um, We're talking about Beer Tree. And Beer Tree, most of the time, makes very quality IPAs and uh, hazy IPAs, New England style IPAs. Um, they make a lot of those, but they do also dabble. They dabble in different brands and ideas, and they have different series that they've always got going on. And one of those series is called the Layered Series, and that's where they kind of experiment with um, unique flavored sours. And I think even more so than that, these the Layered Series is like parfait sours. So they're like uh, you know yogurt parfait style treats that you would might expect from, you know, going to shopping at Kroger's.
1: We got them um, what well, we've done a couple of them on the, the marshmallow sours, you know, where they combine different like fruit
0: notes and marshmallow create like strong sour nipa. Mhm. And, and, and layered is mo- is even further from that. They're they're, you know, they're getting away from, you know, There's having no nipa. A, a nipa flavor. They don't want that. They're experimenting with doing a sour, um, and and this one in particular um, is, I think, number three in the series. It is the Maple Brown Sugar Blueberry Fruited Parfait Sour. Um, that's, you know, kind of a mouthful, and it's got a lot of flavor going on to that. Uh, what I will say is that it's a really interesting beer. Um I'll give it that it's it's it has a unique flavor and it was definitely worth the experiment and I think it will have both fans and detractors. Um I kind of fall into the latter camp and you more in the former camp and I think it's really going to depend on how much people like maple brown sugar flavors.
1: Yeah, I really like this beer. Um Unlike when we are reviewed for the podcast, uh, I'm pretty sure we did the the Mimosa, the Marshmallow Mimosa that they
0: did. Uh, mm-hmm, the Blood Orange Mimosa. Yeah, the style. Blood Orange
1: uh, Mimosa night, but that Sour Nipa that they did, where that really just had like a blood orange taste, and there wasn't a lot of, at least in my opinion, depth to it. Here, all the flavors that they say are in this beer, you get. Mm-hmm. You get the Maple Brown Sugar. It's very sweet at the front. A little bit of a toffee taste to it. A little bit of brown sugar. And that's the main profile of the beer, if you ask me. And then after you get all that, you get a very subtle, very, very subtle blueberry, but it adds a nice sour taste to it and then a granola uh, quality to it at the end. And it's very decadent. Mm-hmm. It does have, uh, you know, it's definitely a dessert beer, I would say definitely decadent it's definitely a very slight sour i wouldn't say it's very um it's not abrasive no um that being said as much as i like it and i pre cuz i do like maple brown sugar stuff the and we've done a couple of beers on this uh podcast with that like as a main flavor profile it's a very Thin line you got to balance on because if it comes if it's too forward and too there it's cl- as you like to say cloying mm-hmm. and it becomes overbearing and taxing and then if it's not there then it just kind of blends with the alcohol and you get more just like a sugary alcohol taste. I like this a lot. Now would I sit down and crack open a bunch of these? No,
0: mm-hmm.
1: would I would just like have maybe one big. I'm fine for a while.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a definitely a sipping beer because there is so much flavor to it. There is a a very uh unique taste with the maple and brown sugar being the most prominent notes that you get. Um almost to the point for me where it's a little bit too sweet. Um I think that the the maple is a little too um prevalent for my taste. I wish there was a little bit more blueberry. I wish there was a little bit more sour to it. Um because you're right the sour element is not super defined um it's more like maybe just like a bit of tartness at the end it's not really sour taste just
1: tickles the taste
0: buds basically you get
1: a little like ooh you know a yeah. little yeah little pucker at the end like
0: yeah I, when i first tasted it i was i was almost like put off by it i was like whoa that is not what i was expecting and i think that that is uh, definitely um an issue that you could have when you come into layered might be expecting something completely different than you get because um i was expecting a lot more blueberry i was expecting um maybe a lessened maple and brown sugar in there maybe a little bit more granola yep a little bit more granola with the parfait style that they were going for um but now that i've had this will be my second one that i've had because it comes in a four pack i'm starting to appreciate it a little bit more for what it is um the fact that 60 hour
1: take makes it you know kind of perfect you know because it is definitely more like a folly you know i'm kind of surprised to have it kind of released now that would definitely be something i'd say hey launch in the mid like late september yeah. when it's starting
0: to get really cool yeah. and that yeah that you maple really want flavor that, yeah
1: i really want that maple flavor to come out
0: yeah i definitely you know it's it's definitely interesting um i would recommend people seeking it out especially if you like sours uh or exper- experimental type beers because there's really nothing else like it. I, you know, a lot of times we we don't complain, but we say, you know, we got another Nypa, and it tastes like a Nypa, and you know, you know exactly what you're getting in that.
1: That was our last episode, exactly when we, uh, yeah. you know, when we had Slo- uh, Sloop Almagang's Gangs, uh,
0: Neon Pools.
1: You know, their collaboration. We're like, yeah, you know what? It's great because Sloop makes damn good Nypas, but goddamn, it's nothing that you haven't had. Yeah,
0: you know exactly what to expect with. With this one with the layered I I would definitely say you're going to be surprised when you taste it. You're not you're not going to have I think your expectation is going to be just different than what you get, which is fine um if you can appreciate that and and kind of get past your own expectations. I would like to see this with like a blackberry. Yeah, I think that would be really good. If uh, they if have they, a couple... if, they,
1: if they brought it, if they like did this with like the blackberry but make that blackberryness a little bit more pronounced that way you get like the bitterness to go with you know, the, of a blackberry to go with that sweet of the maple uh, maple syrup and the brown sugar. I think that you know would be really interesting and a really good beer.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, this is the only one with the maple brown sugar. The other ones are still the parfait with the granola, but they um, tend to have like a a fruit. Uh, I think one is raspberry, and then they have something else to go along with it. It's not maple and brown sugar, so that, that those are like just specific to this series one, um, but. I think there's one with like coconut and vanilla and there's one with raspberry. I am definitely open to trying another layered. I think it's really interesting experiment and I will give it a shot again. Um, like you said, I don't know that I would, I, I don't know that I want a whole four pack to myself, you know, like how the layers come. Um, one is kind of enough for me. Like I have one, I tried it pretty good. Um, you know, that's that's enough for me. I don't need any more. Um, it's it's almost like overkill when you have multiple of them. So um, definitely seek it out, though. I would give it a shot. You know, if you can find it in just like a single can or if it's on, I don't even know if it's on tap anywhere, but if you can find it, give it a shot. See what you think, because I do think that it's a good experiment. It's something to at least try and kind of get outside of the normal uh, brews that are being done every single day to death, like naipas and, um, you know, tr- basic traditional Sours with just, you know
1: So it's as we're going to find out, we go to Beer Fest uh, next week, it's all going to just be NIPA's, NIPA's Sours
0: Sours, S- so Stouts and, up the uh, ass and yeah, Seltzers and, and various experiments with Stouts that's really what pr- is the big thing now, is like what kind of series of stout can we do? What kind of series of sour can we do? What kind of series of night can we do?
1: That's why I'm like so impressed when like uh like I messaged you the other day. Oh! The local one, of the local breweries in the area, Stump City, they really they're doing an American Pilsner. And I want to rush over there and have it. Not just because they make great beer, but it's just like yeah,
0: Pilsner, you know, let's go. Yeah. Something, you know, something different, something new to try. Yeah, I, it, it's just kind of some of these have fallen out of favor so much that, you know, they were pretty common at one point and now they're just not. And you like kind of pale want them ale. back again. Pale Ale, like, you Mexican know, Mexican lager, stuff like that.
1: Cracking open a sale. I mean, it's, it's, even though Saranex becomes such shit bags with what the, half the stuff they do now, their pale ale at this point is just never going to get old because you crack it open and it's just like, hello, old friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when you used to be.
0: Consistent and right. Good, consistent.
1: Not, they, ain't, not anymore. Yeah,
0: and that's the the traditional Saranac Pale Ale, not the not like the um sessions that they're doing. Yeah. And stuff. It's the 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 tried and true Saranac Pale Ale. You knew
1: they sold out when they made the Black Forest finally stopped being a full time beer.
0: When they got rid of the Darktoberfest,
1: There and the Adirondack Lager, which I think they, they brought the Adirondack Logger back. They for, do have it because
0: I saw it when I was there for
1: the su- for the summer. But that used, you know, was a staple for the longest time too. You know what would be great? A nice hef of ice. Mm. So we could be like Werner in, uh Better Call Saul, when he's, you know, lamenting with uh, lamenting about his troubles with his wife. You know,
0: and nice hef. This guy, to got killed. All right, well, check out the Beer Tree Layered series. It's definitely an interesting experiment that they've got going on. I will be following, you know, the rest of the series, because I, I definitely am a stickler for series, for one thing. I don't want FOMO. I don't want yeah, beer being left out. That's all right. So, check it out. All right, well, let's get into Predator, shall we? Predator! Predator! Um, one of the worst...
1: Theme songs ever. It is like the poorest of poor man's like Terminator theme. You don't like the.
0: It has a couple things going for it because. No, it's awful. I mean, it has the like, it has like a jungle esque theme to it. And then every now and then, it's got like the clamped cymbals, like the. You know, it's it's really in your face at times, um, and I, you know, we were talking about that and how the score is like just omnipresent all the time. Awful, all, all the time. And the funny thing about that, it's one of the big detractors of this film is yeah. the
1: fact that there's not a silent moment. You would think of a film where there's, your characters are being stalked and you want like the build up tension, no. Ruined yeah, by yeah, synths like,
0: and sim- dini crashing cymbals. Um, the funny thing is that Alan Silvestri was the one that did the score. And he went on to have a nice career doing a lot of Marvel films. And, um, you know, you said you, you hoped the man never worked again, but he did. He had a very good career. Uh, it is very interesting, you know, because Predator, we, we, I, think we, I feel like we talk about this a lot. You know how um, the score can really make or break a film because it, it, sometimes, it, as in Predator, it is so present; it is like its own character that becomes annoying. It's like nattering away in the background. It's right? like a fucking Se- Seinfeld
1: character, just like you know, like you got you got Kramer in the background doing Kramer things, yeah. and Newman things, like you know, like as you try to have this like tense moment of like the predators tracking down. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you have this omnipresent soundtrack that's not totally not fitting with
0: the tone at all. And not only that, um, because this film is an 80s film set in the jungle with guerrilla fighters, you also have to have a helicopter with, you know, pop music over it. It's just a thing that you do. From Vietnam to
1: I don't know if even by nineteen eighty seven standards, having a fucking R- little Richard song would be considered <laughs> pop culture at that point. No. it's not like they had CCR like run through the
0: jungle, yeah, plague, like which would have been you know more,
1: which they would have probably done today because they like be like, look right. how
0: on the nose, very man. on the <laughs> nose, you know, yeah. but 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 it is a staple that you you know you're you're helicoptering in. We've got a soundtrack playing over that over top of that, you know. Got to have it, it's just a staple. Um, well, we let's not even get a little further. I was a little distracted at first. I thought I popped in the wrong film because (laughs) uh, I thought I was watching the thing at first. Well, you didn't have Kurt Russell's excellent, excellent beard, no, but you had the same, you had had had,
1: like the same uh, spaceship flying in and then like ejecting that you did, (laughs) like the thing,
0: yeah. I was gonna say that that would be your first, your first. Uh, Maybe
1: the thing and uh, the predator. They've you know, their companions.
0: They one went they up
1: came north. together. Yeah, one went up north. We're the in ones.
0: two different climes here, <laughs> and, one, and they both couldn't live in the same climate. But but they were uh, what do you call it? Like symbiotic yeah. aliens or something like that. Yeah, I mean the so what I will say about the opening of Predator. Is that it is manly. It is manly. You get
1: the great meme of Carl Withers and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger meeting and they're clasping hands. Close up on the sweaty, muty <laughs> muscles, you know. I mean, it is great. Which, by the way, what an idiotically 80s way to greet each other. Like, hand, not a handshake, but you go in. Let's do this. Ready?
0: Yep. I gotcha.
1: Oh. Oh. And then you're gonna arm wrestle it. <laughs>
0: just like uh you're getting weak. <laughs> it is a great moment. It's just it's become a great meme for sure, where you have that class. But you're right, it is an it's an absolutely ridiculous moment in the film that like that starts you off in the movie because it is so over the top, so manly, so somewhat homoerotic especially later on in the film where you have literally every man stripping down glistening, Yeah. You know Very, very uh, wet. No one really seems to care about the woman. Of no. The group. They're just, like, she's a
1: hindrance.
0: Yeah. Basically <laughs> they're like, lose the woman, lose your shirt. We need glistening, rippling muscles and abs, um, which I, you know, as I, was say, I was
1: say, you know, they're manly too. Cause that's where you get Jesse Ventura's, you know, packing top jaws. And he's like, uh, this will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus, Redmond.
0: <laughs> yes. That is definitely what women like when you're just spitting out tobacco juice all over the place. Is it tobacco or tobacco? Tobackey. I think I think, I think Jesse
1: would be like, it's tobacco. It's tobacco.
0: Yes. That is the equivalent of a real man. And I think that's, again, that's where my life was already thrown off.
1: Toxic, the, the toxic masculinity all of
0: the testosterone that was there is just you know too much to handle how only a, a real woman can handle that much testosterone <laughs> um it is
1: such a it's such a cliche opening too you got the general and you are like we're not officially uh we're not in the military anymore we're comm- we're mercenaries for hire um Carl Withers is a CIA oper- operative and he's like i got a mission for you to come and do like you know they don't ask about pay or anything. He's just like, "We need you to do it for the American government." And hostages, like, you know. There's hostages. no more. And they're like, "You know, I don't work for the CIA. We don't do that." We'll get you
0: hostages. Yeah, you say hostages. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in. That he has a a moral code.
1: We don't get to like see like a flashback or anything. Like we hear about him, like he used to. He wasn't, a, you know, they're Vietnam veterans. We don't get like a flashback of like, you know, him in Vietnam, the heroic things that kind of built him up or hear about him, but he, it's all, everything here is just a veneer. It's just rip right
0: through and... The opening of the film, you and you say rip right through, but actually it takes a really long time. Though, the whole, I, the crux of the plot is like kind of thrown at you. It's like, here's some hostages. There's really no like... There's no depth to it at all. It's just like, there's some hostages in the jungle. You've got to go rescue them. Somewhere
1: in Central America. Could it be like the, you know, could it be Guatemala? Could it be Nicaragua? Yeah, we don't know. It's just, pick any old random, I know, you can pick any old random place that in the 80s America had CIA operations (laughs) in, you know, in Central America installing dictators.
0: Could be any one of them, you know, just leave it open. So... It does rip through it in that sense, where it's just basically like throws out real generic plot elements. But at the same time, the opening takes a really long time to get to because you're like, Where's the predator? Where's the predator? Where's the predator? Where's the predator? For like thirty minutes, you're like, Where's the predator? Oh no, we've got Russian operatives. We've got you know Gorillas. We've got a ridiculous uh, explosive sequence Stop,
1: stop, stop yourself, because you know what? When they raid the gorilla camp best part of the
0: film it is a good part because it's it literally
1: a- just balls to the wall like you know yeah machismo they're raiding a camp and they're all everyone has noob
0: tubes on their freaking <laughs> everyone has noob tubes you know and There's they're just fucking uh like machine gun like a gun, yeah, yeah 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 he's say, taken uh, off of <laughs> off yeah. of a jesse, helicopter jesse
1: ventura carries around a minigun <laughs> One guy runs around with with just a grenade launcher, you know, I think it's Poncho that does that. And then the rest of them have MP5s or M16s, and they're just, you know, laying waste to this camp, which, again, it's a hostage rescue mission, (laughs) and they're literally, like, just blasting blasting everything up, and you got everyone doing, like, backflips and shit because they're getting launched by the explosions. What holy! Like, it's a, no it's cares. a It's a blessing that uh, the old, you know, Anna everybody, survived. Everybody was
0: dead. You
1: know, everybody Anne, else was dead. That Anna survived it all. You know, yep. it's
0: just because everyone's just gets, right. There's, it's it's what Arnold Schwarzenegger's later <laughs> film Collateral Damage would be. You know. there is collateral damage yeah. in that <laughs> camp assault for sure. There's no way that they would just be blasting away, blowing away fucking thatch houses <laughs> just... that could house hostages. But, I mean, it's, I I just love
1: it, though, because it's, it's so, gen- like, you know, over-the-top generic, is, yeah. you know, but it's, it is great, though, just watching them, like, go in there and, like... Because they gave Carl Weathers shit for, like, you know, cracking a, like, you know, branch, like, be quiet!
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And- <laughs> yeah, Carl Weathers does really get unfair treatment in here because the man is looking real ripped in this movie he looks good i was surprised you know because i'm used to seeing him now you know kind of the older carl weathers he's in the mandalorian and um you know obviously aged happy gilmore here, he, yeah <laughs> but in here he's looking real real ripped there's that one scene where they're um like basically pulling a tree down uh setting traps mm. you know home alone style gorilla style and carl weathers is looking pretty damn muscular. I was uh definitely surprised us. Listen, that's Apollo Creed you're talking about. Nice homoeroticism in this movie. For sure.
1: But uh, I mean that's literally the best part of the film. It, just, is. it is when they uh, all it's missing is the eighteen a- theme playing, like as they're going through just mowing down the jungle.
0: Yeah, definitely I'm not gonna say that, that that part of the movie is not good, but what I am saying is that the the opening like twenty minutes is a fairly slow Plod.
1: The only the only thing you really get on the predator side is uh, they find uh, skinned skinned uh, Jim. Humes. I knew Jim from Fort Bragg. Yeah, Jim Hopper, which you might know now from Stranger Things. Yeah, but I mean that's all you get. And then like yeah. Carl Withers is like playing dumb, like I don't know what that could be. And then he's like, all right, all right, there's no hostages. Um, my boys went missing, and we gotta, you know, you're the only ones that could have done it. Yeah, you know?
0: there's a lot of um film criticism about predator and and I when I say criticism I don't mean you know actual critics but I mean the understanding of the film you know the the themes of the film that it's you know it's it's a take on Reagan era policies of CIA operatives and stop sending people in for you know uh for a war that they shouldn't be fighting stop so it's a big stretch, right? Stop I, yourself.
1: These films were made because that's it was the Reagan era. Absolutely, they're they're being made to, you know, on the jingoistic side. Yeah, right? yeah, no,
0: right. I, 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 I don't think that Predator is really making a statement about any of that. Um, I think it's a stretch to say that there was like some sort of you know underlying theme here because. Predator is very jingoistic. It's like, look at these manly men doing these manly things in the jungle, fighting for our freedoms. Um, well, no, technically, I say, technically, no, the mercenary group is, I mean, you
1: know, Arnold's group, you know, his character Dutch, they're mercenaries, they do, like, hostage rescues and stuff, but they're not doing it in the, for the American government.
0: They're not, yeah. Well, I mean, still, but at though, the same time, though, it's, a, it's basically saying, like, look at these guys fighting for our people, for, for you know, for... for to rescue people, like this, this is, is what, what we should be striving to say. The because
1: there's like that slight, you know, thing when the like, guys like, oh, it's kind of like Afghanistan. It's like, yeah, I remember yep. Afghanistan? So if you knew like history, that'd be thinking, like, wait. So they were in Afghanistan during the Soviet Afghan War, you know, Soviet Vietnam. They, they were helping out with the Mujahideen at the time because they were talking about um, when Billy makes that great astute observation, like oh, saw mm-hmm. boot tracks, U.S. Army, you know, <laughs> issued boots. What are they doing here? You know, you're must be the gorillas.
0: I got them They're like taking our equipment and using against their own,
1: just like Afghanistan.
0: Yeah. You know? I think it's about 30 minutes or so before the predator actually makes something of an appearance. And at that point too, the predator appearance is more so just the, the um, slasher ask, you know, from the perspective of the killer type thing where we see the uh, heat seeking um parts of the predator's vision and i do think that predator takes way too long to get to that plot element um by that point i would almost think the film would be better
1: off not showing at the beginning a spaceship landing on earth
0: mm, yeah i agree with that
1: yeah because again yeah, like especially if you're going in cold not knowing a damn thing about what this film's going to be offering mm-hmm. what a great way to kind of like turn the film around like again because if you just look like I said if you look at the movie poster you would never think like oh it's a sci-fi film yeah you, I, you would be like oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, gonna be blowing up shit in uh Central America right? Cool. It, you
0: know. the, the name predator doesn't necessarily connotate an actual creature Yeah, something like what we get it could just mean you know he's in the jungle pursued by gorillas they're predators um And so I do think that there would be some value in maybe not having that, that information. And then you wouldn't necessarily be waiting for it either. You wouldn't be waiting for that encounter because I think that that's what happens in Predator right now is you see that spaceship land, then you see them go into the jungle and you're like, when is the Predator going to come around? Or something, because it's
1: very, like, it's it's very by the numbers, you know, just, just just generic. It could be Delta Force, could be, you know. Could be any, like, you know,
0: 80s action film. Yeah. You're like, when is this going to happen? When is the Predator going to come around? And I think that that's a long time to wait for this film. Uh, It is like an hour and 47 minutes long. And one thing that I've noticed about Predator, um, John McTiernan is sort of, you know, finding his directorial pacing in this. Um, Predator has some really odd choices in the way that it depicts, like, scenes. It takes a long time in certain scenes to just get into what's happening. There's literally like a two minute scene of Arnold Schwarzenegger putting on mud for no reason. It's just elongated for the sake of it. And that happens throughout. There's like very odd, stylistic, slow paced choices um, that weigh the film down a little bit. I feel like this movie could have been a really... Very fast paced ninety minute movie, and it's elongated in certain spots. Um, it has quiet moments that are that you don't need. Yeah, exactly. Because there's
1: you don't know, because the quiet moments that they have that matter, you could keep in the film if you cut it down. Yeah. like when you have like you know moments where like you know uh, Carl Withers and uh, Mac are talking. You know, you know, little moments that they have, you can keep that in the film that like those same moments though you have like all these other little moments where some of
0: them were like there's just sometimes it's just like searching sometimes yeah. it's just like you know looking through the jungle or um there's even weird moments sometimes that don't seem to fit well like where billy is just kind of like all of a sudden looking up into the jungle and you don't even understand why like why is he paranoid what what, what is going on here what makes him see besides him being mystical shaman he's a mystical Deadman. native american that's what we that's why Martin. And this is an eighties film where, you know, Native Americans, we know are spiritual. And for some reason, they're just attuned to nature better than white people are. <laughs> and that's how Predator treats his Native American I don't have a problem character.
1: with that bit though, where he stops them, and they're like, What the hell's going on? Then, you know, he's like, I see something. Or I sense something. Mm-hmm. I don't in the trees. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think though I think that would have been better off without us even knowing about the Predator yet. Because by that point, we've already seen POV shots, and we know he's stalking them in the trees. So I think at that point, having that there is kind of like, at that, it's a good idea, but at that point, uh, who the fuck cares? Mm -hmm. You as the audience, know, Like, you should have them wandering about, like, okay, we need to get the hell out of here. It's operations, Ben. Turned upside down, we gotta get to the choppa, etc. But don't like introduce the predator yet. Make you know what's keeping them paranoid. It's Mm -hmm. you know, oh, it's the idea that these gorillas are chasing them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would I have to say that I think that the atmosphere is not done very well in in Predator. We should feel more tense, tense that there is gorillas around us, right? Because we're following them, and technically that is the reason why the helicopter is not landing. They can't get they can't get X-filled because the it's just too they gotta dangerous. Get a, they gotta get there's, across the border. Exactly. There's gorillas around them. There should be the feeling that whoa, we're being pursued at every turn. Where there's eyes on us.
1: As them being Vietnam vets, is that fear alone of like what the gorillas could do? I mean, even though at this point they're very seasoned commandos, you know, in a mercenary group. That's one of the big things of of how the Viet Cong won was you know them hot, doing hit and run hiding they you knew know the the territory yeah it. knew the land et cetera and were able to strike that kind of fear in them. So that's that idea alone. You can get a lot of mileage out of before right. you even have the damn aliens show up. Right. Exactly. But uh, this film, like, because again, it's all they're all manly
0: men. Yeah, we don't we don't get that we don't get that feeling. So so none of the men are really that concerned with being in this, you know, this dangerous situation, and I don't feel that we get much atmosphere out of the the situation. We should feel, you know, paranoid about what's around us. We should feel, because we know that we're being pursued anyway. We get, As you said, we get those POV shots. Um, there should be more tension involved, and there's just not. Part of that might be the score, which is super bombastic, so you and know
1: that <laughs> going as all these supposedly tense moments are supposed to happen, you know, Yeah.
0: See, you know that that's part of it. Um, but I I would say that there's just not enough atmosphere to make it as tense as it really should be. Um, and, and predator kind of plays up the manliness too much to the point where you're just not afraid of anything that's happening. You're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. That's (laughs) another thing about predator that is really, you know, so that's become a big thing that it's quotable right it's quotable there's it's got a lot of you know specific one-liner quotes that you can
1: it's got dawn of the devil level fucking quotes in it that
0: shouldn't be quotable but just dumb as shit exactly
1: like, like we got this man we got this by the ass you know right just
0: like, <laughs> that's the thing is that it's not quotable you know because this stands out as like a scene that you really want to quote it's quotable because it doesn't Always make sense,
1: like it, a broken dick dog. When like he's talking, yeah, like,
0: yeah, a lot of the dialogue doesn't always make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't flow. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't just, have. Context. It's kind of. It's, it's kind of like some guys just sit there, like. Oh.
1: What does the manly man say next? Oh yeah, exactly.
0: Like, he calls them faggots because that's what you say about. And that's me, right. You know? That's right. That's a nineteen eighties movie right there. You call them, yeah. I think that that, you know, it's 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 definitely become quotable, but it it for the wrong reasons. It's it's definitely uh you know, it has some suspect writing. And um I don't know. I I yes, it's fun in its own way, but it's like troll 2 level fun sometimes. I am surprised that it has had so much of a, a cult following because of that, but you know, people do tend to get um value out of so bad it's good. So in some ways, I think Predator really hits that theme of being. so I expert.
1: do like that part though, where he's like, "You're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. You got time to blow that up." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know then he starts aiming the you know his mini gun over there and starts firing away. You know, if it bleeds, you can kill it. Wise, wise. How is it? No, nobody noticed
0: the bright neon blood that's you know just all over the place on yeah. the plant. You know, I don't know. Well, so let's talk about that. What do you think about the Stan Winston Predator design? It's all right. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's good.
1: Um, I don't know if it aged great. Um, I mean, I think at the end, I don't, at least like the helmet doesn't look like it aged well, and some of the close-up shots like When you see him excuse me, cauterizing, like, his own wound, mm-hmm. you, like, you can tell, like, how, like, this, like, big fucking goofy rubbery hands. Rubber hands, yes, yeah.
0: I definitely noticed that. Like, very <laughs> just, rubbery hands, like, you know. um, like, almost like the stunt person was struggling yeah, it's just, with to the, to the cra- Yeah, it's a very, crab, uh, yeah. Very bulky. Um, which, fun fact, originally Jean-Claude Van Damme
1: was supposed to be the Predator, and he did shoot for it, but it was too hot and too bulky, and <laughs> Having someone who's like five five be the predator and all the big guys <laughs> yeah, <right>. be six <laughs> feet tall, they're like,
0: Yeah, but let's, you know, I guess we gotta go a different route. Not manly enough. Right, because one of the big encounters at the end of the film when Arnold Schwarzenegger is pinned up against a wall and the predator is basically swinging him into the wall, you you want the predator to be taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger like bigger. Just just all around bigger. Because Arnold is a big guy. You know, he's he's definitely a bulky guy, and Predator needs to look even more imposing i would say arnold's not even that bulky he's that he's no really, he's not in he's this film. really yeah. lean you know? yeah, he, he yeah he is yeah he's fairly lean i mean you can tell that he's still swole he lost he lost but,
1: 25 pounds during the shooting of the film yeah
0: yeah i mean you can tell he's swole but he definitely does not have like the whole you know physique that he was known for as being you know mr universe right Um, But you definitely want Predator to be an imposing force, and you can't have Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, standing on, you know, three cinder blocks. (laughs) Would have been cool, though, seeing him, like, throw roundhouse kicks, you know? Hmm, Yeah. Um, I think that the Predator design itself is pretty cool. Um, I like the little Venus flytrap, you know. um, Like, almost like a scorpion-like. And and I think that was sort of the... the, intention when they you know they have that scorpion
1: Where Mac, back you know mac st- yeah.
0: stabs a scorpion um that was the intention is like oh they're gonna encounter like a scorpion-esque thing later on um so that leads me to my question which would you rather um which would you rather fuck would you rather <laughs> fuck predator with the mask on or predator with the mask off
1: Mask off Is mask on yeah, that mouth looks
0: so so inviting, yeah, there's a lot to uh a lot to toy with in that mouth, yeah I prefer mask on, not because he's one ugly motherfucker <laughs> as Arnold succinctly says, um but because i just I think that the mask looks cooler in its own way than the actual Venus flytrap style mouth that occurs. I think they did a good job with the creature design of that mouth and the way that it moves and operates. I think that they did a really good job of that. I just think that the the mask itself, the you know like the steel kind of barrier and the um how it's kind of like how is with an oxygen style um looks kind of chintzy though. A little bit little bit but i did notice too that in predator you don't get a lot of shots full-on of predator with the mask
1: no it's because all because it's a bat- lot of
0: invisibility
1: they do those crappy <laughs> uh, cgi translucency going back, like you know and which i think is like unnecessary just
0: you know a lot of translucency that's what you get you know because The whole thing with with, um, Predator is that he's like chameleon-esque. I wouldn't call that necessarily chameleon-esque. I mean, chameleons aren't (laughs) invisible. Chameleons blend into the environment with colors and pigments that they have in their skin. Predator literally has technology that makes him invisible. Um, Which, how is that sporting?
1: If he's Mr. Big Game Hunter. I don't know. Running around like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna use my fucking inv- <clears throat> invisibility and then just nuke you from a mile away.
0: Well, I think that comes up at the end of the film where Arnold has shown his worthiness. Right, his worthiness where Predator says, I'm gonna take off my mask, I'm gonna turn off my invisibility cloak, we're gonna duke it out mano a mano. And it's like the manliest part of the film besides that Bunch of explosions towards the beginning when they storm the camp. I know, but still, like, if he's supposed to be like you know hunting for you know game, and 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 one of the big things about Predator Two that it, the film makes out is that he loves to take human um, trophies, right? So he loves to you know rip the spinal cord and the skull out of a of a human, and that's kind of his trophy. And uh, when you have trophies like that, you expect that they are a worthy competitor and, and in this case you're right the hunting is not really morally uh, you know it doesn't give them fair fair sport for that but I guess we're talking about an alien so the morals of an alien are certainly not not uh, you know exactly what we would expect from humans um What do you think about that ending, the ending with just Arnold and the Predator? Because it's very elongated. It's got, you know, and this is prior to Home Alone, but it's got what we call now Home Alone-esque set pieces where Arnold is, you know, getting traps involved and um, he's almost becoming guerrilla-like Vietnamese-style Viet Cong stuff that he's using which is kind of interesting when you think about it, because he's, like, becoming that Viet Cong. Um, what do you think about that extended, extended uh, I sequence? I think
1: it's fine. I don't think it's really
0: like, oh my god, this is so
1: great. It's nifty enough, but I mean, I, I mainly liked at the end when they you, you do see the Predator take his mask off, and then They're gonna go, like, Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. You know, that was cool. But, you know, him stalking the Predator, you know, turning the tables with him covering himself up in the mud that's hiding his, uh, you know, his... uh, His heat. His infrared signature. And so he can, like, you know, hit and run. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's pretty clever. Especially because, like I said, I mean, nothing so far... Really makes the Predator stand out as like this tactile killer. Mm -hmm. He's literally just sitting cloaked and then, you know, nuking them from a mile (laughs) away.
0: Yeah, yeah, shooting (laughs) missiles. One thing that I will say about Predator is that it does do a good job of portraying the particular strengths that Predator has. So you initially see like the missiles, you see the laser, then he has claws, you see the uh, cloaking device, which is Kind of um, doesn't work in water. I um, really
1: like the uh, claws. The claws, That's yeah, really, you know, badass. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I, it's like it, a de- like the Death Claw Gauntlet and like Fallout running around, like you know, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And not only does he have the claws, but he uses his laser to kind of like supercharge them, give them a little um, sharpening before he he goes off and and uh, fights his final fight with uh, Arnold. But I think it does a good job of giving the viewer the full range of the Predator's capabilities. Um, They don't come out that often. Like the claws is not really something that you see very often in the film. It's mostly invisibility and missiles. But towards the end, we do get, and I think the end of the film is probably the best part of Predator. The whole chase sequence where we really feel like Arnold maybe, um, maybe he's not even quite a match for Predator, where you feel like he, you know, Will our protagonist win? Not sure. Um, I think that's where Predator really shines. The rest of the film, a little bit too testosterone driven, um, really does not give the viewer much of a chance to feel worried about what's happening. Um, But that one-on-one match is a really good, tense, suspenseful fight, which I think works the best in the movie. Um, and it doesn't waste a lot of time on things. You know, we do need them to set the traps. We need the expectation of what the the Predator will do. So Arnold is kind of thinking ahead of, of um, you know, and he has expectations for what the Predator is going to do in the fight. I think all of that works really well. Um, I wish the rest of Predator had kind of gone with that because had it cut out some of the, you know, the ridiculous elements to it, the poor writing, the testosterone. I think it could have been a really good movie, a really lean movie with a slasher element.
1: Which is what you want from films like this. You don't want to be bogged down
0: for like two hours. Yep. And I feel like Predator does get bogged down. It gets bogged down in um, just pointless, sometimes elongated scenes and um, bad dialogue. And if it had cut that down to a nice lean 90 minutes. I think it could have been a suspenseful, slasher-like sci-fi film. Now, speaking of, the kills. Yeah. What do you think of the kills? I think the kills are pretty lazy. (laughs) A lot of them are like, guy got blown up, um, you know. I like one of them. Which one? I like when Max had blown up. Yeah, that's a good one. With the laser. laser (laughs) Yes, that is a good one, but the rest of the time, I feel like they're pretty lazy. They don't really have much going on. Um, they don't really. Um, Hawkins ha- just gets dragged away, like yeah. you know, like
1: you, they don't. They hi- slow mo but you can't really see it well, and he gets
0: you know. They don't highlight the predator's um, s- skill set.
1: No, it, like I said, that's why it's like lazy because like half the time it's just like nuking them from a mile away. Yeah. Um, like Hawkins just gets dragged away. Um, Jesse just gets, you know, blown up real good. Yep. Uh, Matt gets his head blown up, which is pretty cool. Carl Withers, he gets his arm blown off and then, you know, gets fucking up- yeeted, uppercutted.
0: <laughs> There's some inconsistency there, too, because Arnold also gets shot, just like Carl Withers. Yeah,
1: I know. I was going to say the same thing, too. Like, it bu- So he Carl Withers'
0: arm gets blown off. But Arnold's is just like... Hey. Ah, I yeah. got the muscle Bigger ah, muscles. <laughs> he, he got bigger muscles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 he's got bigger muscles. It, it didn't blow my arm off. Yeah. <laughs> and then Billy.
1: Fucking Billy just dies off screen. Yeah, he He's yeah. gonna go all, you know... <laughs> Rambo. And he's cutting himself. Are you think you're gonna get this heroic... Like, what a missed opportunity. You see, like, Billy tried, like, you know... Try to take on the Predator and see what happens. You know, because no. Billy, out of all the, the group, Billy's like the second, you
0: know. Yeah, he's he's basically, besides Arnold, he's the other guy that you're like, you think, oh, okay, this guy could do look Yeah,
1: and then, no, you just hear off camera, ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really disappointing for Billy, especially. But <laughs> might, um,
1: well, might as well play The prices Right, like, bum, bum, bum.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is surprising that they did that because you do expect more of a showdown between Billy and the Predator, and you just don't get it because
1: he's the one that's been picking up the entire film, like you know, yep. sensing him and seeing him. Now he just, and then the one guy, uh, Poncho, gets like fucking was a tree limb or something comes fucking yeah
0: eating ye- r- yep. into him and yep do you so speaking of tree limbs do you really believe that the predator would be vanquished by just having a gigantic tree trunk falling on him
1: i mean that looked heavy
0: it did look heavy but i feel like the predator is a little bit more hardy than that they don't even use the spike trap that he makes i think the spike trap was meant to be like uh this is like a kind of a red herring so the because the predator does notice it and he's like Oh, I see what you're doing there. I'm gonna go around. And that's when Arnold's like I
1: know, right. but what a missed opportunity to have. You would like, have, you we, wanted to
0: see the spike trap. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah.
1: Because the log comes across as like uh Looney Tunes, like, you know. Right, like, yeah, like, like anvil. Roadrunner and yeah, uh Wily Coyote. Wiley Coyote. You know. yeah.
0: I do like the uh the Predator explosion and that one element of like where the Predator's kind of mimicking everybody. Which does not come out at all in the film oh, besides the end of the movie, where now all of a sudden he's mimicking people. I like that because it kind of gives like a, a much more sinister quality to the predator because when throughout the film you don't really know what the what is the predator's motive? Like, could he is he just like a guy that hunts people? Does he have an ulterior motive where he's like they're trying to infiltrate humanity? What is he doing? You don't could, really get anything could like,
1: end the film like you know as they're flying off, you see in space like an armada coming in like
0: right, you don't really know, and like this is one predator, and it's a pretty fucking hardy predator, like think about four of them, <laughs> you know uh you'd have some difficulty, so I like the fact at the end that it does bring in that mimicking the voice and you know maybe there's some more sinister qualities, maybe their intention is to do something more with humanity um. I just don't like that it's the only time that we actually get to see that um, because it seems like another wasted opportunity of tension where you could have, you know, almost like, uh, you know, have them mimicking and and copycatting so that it misleads our characters. Um, I'm just not sure what the intention was at the end to have that mimic going on. I think it works well, but again, the film... Is much more of an action film than a slasher film. Maybe we're trying to... It's
1: too much of, a, I think, an amalgamation of, like, sci-fi, slasher in action, mm-hmm. and the fact that it doesn't have a clear idea on what yeah, it wants to be. it can't be. really pick one. Like, as you're getting stalked, you have them mowing down half the forest, like, which is a pretty cool thing when, like, he Mac thinks he sees the Predator, and he does, and he starts shooting, and they all just join in, and just unload, like, their entire <laughs> ammo supply on mowing down the forest, like... It's pretty cool, but at the same time, it's like cuts into the slasher tension. Yeah, like I think it, I think the film would have been better suited like going full balls to the wall, like action, like they did in the beginning, and then just devolving into a complete and utter shit show, and turn it into a, like a full blown slasher film. Mm-hmm. Like it could it could sustain an hour and forty seven if they paced it out to actually have proper slasher beats in it and it doesn't.
0: hmm I mean maybe we're being a little too hard on it, but at the same time I feel like you're right, it doesn't really come down on a on a specific way that it wants to present itself. And I think that is the problem. That it it's an action movie, but it's a slasher movie. But it doesn't really have slasher tendencies. It's you know it's somewhat it's not, axi- not, not
1: action y enough to be
0: like a you know to hold your attention with the action. Yeah. Um so I think that it just has a, an identity problem and one that is kind of shored up in Die Hard because with Die Hard, John McTiernan takes one event and makes it pretty suspenseful throughout the entire film of setting it in Nakatomi Plaza. And, you know, again, we're kind of in the same situation as Predator where we have one environment and we're, you know, the whole film is working through that time frame. But unlike Predator, Die Hard is able to make those different areas of Nakatomi Plaza work well. Whereas I would say that Predator is too samey. It's too much traipsing through jungle. It's too... Too, um... Ambling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's too ambling for its length. And it really takes until the end 30 minutes of the the whole showdown between Predator and, and Arnold to to get to a point where it feels comfortable in its, um, you know, action slasher element. And you think that's the big, big problem that I had with predator that, the that and the soundtrack, that in the soundtrack. Oh, was there anything else that we didn't touch on that you, uh, you wanted to get to I pretty much covered everything that I could think of when I was watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, on a scale of, uh, zero to 10, uh, Bullet peppered boar. <laughs> what would you give Predator? I'll give it a seven. Um
1: The film literally loses like a point and a half because of the soundtrack and the <laughs> fact that it's uh just a ever constant like din just beating. It's like a fuck having a toddler yelling in your ear and l like, ear like for like an entire party. And you want to, like, hit that toddler, but you know you can't because that's illegal. So you just got to suck it up and deal with it. That's what it's like. It's bad. Overall, though, I think the cast is pretty damn good. I think Arnold's great. I mean, for all the crap that Arnold gets, he's actually usually pretty good and usually very charismatic and engaging. Carl Withers, also very good. Not given a lot, like, to do. Except be like the incredible straight man, and then the rest of the mercenary group is fine dandy. You know, obviously, you know, Jesse Ventura stands out, for, you know. And I like the premise of the film, it's a good idea. I think overall, though, where the film falls flat is the fact that it can't decide on whether it wants to go full action or be more of a slasher film. So it has like this, as Ryan said, an identity crisis that it never comes to terms with. I think if it decided to either go full blown action or action, as I said, to either go action route and then you know go straight into slasher and stay in a constant slasher mode where you actually had tension and build up to the you know stalking and the killing. I think that'd make for a much better film. It'd be much more engaging and it wouldn't feel as laborious because this film does feel very samey, laborious, and taxing at times as you're going after the guerrilla based, you know, insurgency to the climax. It gets very laborious and how it handles them dealing with the predator and how they are getting taken out. So I give it a 7 out of 10. The Predator is a cool idea. I can see why it became part of the cultural zeitgeist, but overall, this film is not a great action film. Far
0: from it. I would give it a 7 out of 10 as well. I agree with that. I think it's, you know, it's it's fine. It's a fun movie to watch at times, but I do think that it it runs a little too long. Um, some of its scenes, like I said, just seem inexplicably too long for their own good, uh, or or added into the film where they could have been cut and really would not have impacted the movie at all. Um, Just made it better because it would have lost some of the, um, the baggage that it had. Um, I think that the predator is a cool design. It's a cool idea. um, And I wish it had been utilized a little bit more than what we get. Um, I think we probably, I think it's been a while since I've seen predator two, but I think we get a little bit more in predator two. And especially um, later on in the lore i mean we get, we certainly get a lot more about predator later on outside of the movies but i wish that predator originally had done a little bit more with the abilities that are shown in this movie because it really only comes out in the last like 30 minutes and that by then it's a little too late i mean we've we've already gone through a lot of um unnecessary traipsing through jungle scenes uh where they it just seems a little bit too long um and it takes away from the suspense intention that the film should really have, especially because we're supposed to be pursued by gorillas. I mean, we're we're supposed to be in the jungle, um, and you know they're not being able to be extracted because of the threat around them. Not even just the predator, but just the overall threat of gorilla fighters around them. Um, that doesn't really come out. So what I think happens is the film wanted to be really, you know, testosterone driven, really manly, but at the same time. What that ends up doing is taking away from the the suspense and the tension of being pursued in a jungle, which should be pretty scary. Do you think? Sorry to interrupt your your closing thoughts,
1: but do you think the fact that the film is so kind of testosterone driven that they didn't want to put these it's a lot of like all of the main actors in this. Do you think they didn't want to be placed in a spot of like?
0: Like uh vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, because it, like, it kind of seems
1: like that. Because, like again, Carl Withers act, you know, action star, basically. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger action star, Jesse. Not exactly an action star, but a professional wrestler, you know. So it's it, kind it'd be kinda of outside you know, the the they have like kind of like one timid, you know, person in the group and that's, you know, Hutchins or whatever, the radio guy that gets, you know, devoured away right away
0: yeah it kind of seems like that it kind of seems like they didn't want the vulnerability, but at the same time, there is a inherent vulnerability in slasher films like you need that you need you need that the feeling of being pursued and and of being afraid of being pursued um and literally the name predator like you're a prey right so the the idea is that the people in the film are prey, and we never really quite feel like that. Um, and I think that that's a problem. It doesn't really add a lot of tension to the movie. Um, and that only comes out at the very end when Arnold is fighting predator and it's kind of, you know, a macho showdown of who can be, you know, who can beat up who, um, that comes out a little bit more, but
1: we do get the one moment when Billy says they're all going to die. They're being yeah. followed by what he doesn't know, but they're going to die, which again, that's great. That is a great part and a great scene. Cause again, Billy's like picking up that they're being, you know. They're being stalked. and They're being hunted, but the the film doesn't elaborate more and actually show them really, I think, in a meaningful way, be hunted. Mm-hmm. Because yep. I think the way that they portray them being hunted is kind of, uh, it's like I said, it's laborious. It's not really engaging.
0: Yep, yep. So seven out of ten for me. It's a fine film. I don't think that it probably deserves some of the credit that it gets for, uh, you know, it's, eighties action. Uh horror Bona fetus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I I like it. It's it's a fair movie. It's not a great movie. Um, I could go another five years without watching it. Exactly, exactly. I don't don't necessarily need to go out and see it again anytime soon. So that ends our Predator discussion, but we will have many more '80s action films to come in this summer. You won't be listening after this review. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You, you didn't give
1: me. it a ten out of ten. I actually can't wait to see what Michael thinks.
0: Yeah, I'm, I did tell him that I didn't think it was a a great movie. Was he just like me? Yeah, it was, he was. Yeah, he was. He was like, you know, fuck you, American. Yeah, he was. He was kind of s- surprised, but um, I am curious, like how how long he, it's been since he's seen it. I want to see his opinion, you know, if he watches it recently, you know, does he really, you know, maybe the same rose colors. The there.
1: idea, this does make me want to watch, like, the Adrian Brody Predators, sure. because where they're the colonial marines. I've never seen that one. I haven't seen it either, but yeah. I just know it's like, they're colonial marines, and they're on, like, a planet, and then, you know, and I can see why, like, you know, the Predator versus Alien games and stuff like that, yeah. like, that would, like, that would be a great, if it done well, could be fucking great, you know? Yeah,
0: the lore of Predator is really cool. I like the character. I like the idea. Um, I think that it could, you know, it definitely could be done better than what we get in Predator. So. But I think we're going to be back uh in two weeks with, what, Police Story? Is that yes. what we plan on doing? We're gonna Police do po- Story. Jackie Chan. The 1985, uh. Are we going to watch the English version, or are we going to watch the uh actual... We'll see what we can Cantonese find. version. We'll see what we. Can yeah, find. I don't know. I feel like we should. W- I feel like we should watch the Cantonese version, but also I feel that like there's so value in watching the English version <laughs> for other reasons. Kevin so.
1: is a great police. Officer.
0: <laughs> so uh, this is
1: this, that's a film too. I've been wanting to get it done at least at least police story one and two mm-hmm. on the podcast for a long time because uh, they're great films. I don't think a lot of or at least people of my generation have seen. Yeah, I've not seen it.
0: I've I've not seen know. police Story. Yeah. It's some of Jackie Chan's best work. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna do like Roadhouse. Um I think we're gonna do um possibly like Cobra. Mm, maybe uh a Chuck Norris movie. So there's there's good stuff to come. We're we're definitely gonna gonna hit some some fun ones for for eighties action summer. So definitely stay tuned to the podcast. It's gonna be a good time this summer. Uh until then you can follow us on uh Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of, we're on. Uh, so subscribe to us, give us a nice review. It really helps us out. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh just search for us, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Um, give us a like And we have an email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Write to us, let us know what films you want us to cover, and we'll definitely take that into consideration. You can also donate to us. We have a Patreon page. Uh, I think you can, pretty soon, you can start donating to us um, on Apple uh, Podcasts. They're making that available. So whatever you can donate is really helpful. It just helps us keep the podcast going. So um, definitely keep that in mind. We appreciate anything you can give to us. Other than that, please stay tuned for our 80s Action Summer as we continue. Uh, Thanks for listening to our Predator episode, and we hope to see you back next time.
1: Take care.